This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Good evening, Wolves fans, football fans across the globe and YouTube this evening, Twitter and Facebook, hopefully. I'm your host, Little Dan. We'll be previewing tomorrow's 12.30 BT Sport blockbuster between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Manchester City. On tonight's episode, I've got with me Richard and Stu. Before we actually get into the, the uh, nuts and bolts of the show, I was going to go with a quick news round of what's happened since we last did an episode. One of the most frustrating news that's come out of Molly today. Uh, recent signing, Sasha Kalajic, has been confirmed as being out for around nine months by Bruno Large in his pre-match press conference. Massive blow for the club and the striker himself. Uh, on top of uh, news that's come out today that Raul Jimenez is due to be signed for a, an extra few weeks uh, with a groin strain on top of the chronic fatigue that was reported uh, a week or so ago. But the most heartbreaking news that's come out of Molyneux today is that uh, young star, young superstar, Chiquinho is not due back for Wolves until next pre-season, which is devastating news for the winger who showed so much promise uh, at the end of last season. The big news, which everyone is now well invested and ingrained with, is that Diego Costa is officially a Wolves striker, which is still mind-blowing to to myself. Rich, how excited are you for the arrival of Diego Costa on a Molyneux pitch? It's going to be entertaining at the very least. We're going to get good content out of it, hopefully. Um, There is a part of me that... I think um, Josh Lem said on just before we signed him, um, is he the most high-profile signing the club's made? under Foson and I think that there's definitely an argument Diego Costa particularly domestically is more high profile than I know Jean Martino I a worrying large part of me is weird yes how many goals is he actually going to score how fit is he how quick is he going to be able to get off the ground but as Stewie's going to rightly say all our forwards are shit so it the baseline the baseline is pretty low at the moment. So I'm excited to see him when just the way he carries himself. Um, I took a screenshot of when they've done the uh, squad photo and he's probably man spreading, muscling out Daniel Podence. And I think it's, I can't remember who's oh, next man. to him. Triore. He's, he likes to make his presence felt. And I'm a big fan of that. So I, yeah, I'm sixty. I'm no. I'm seventy thirty optimistic in terms of it's gonna it's gonna go well for us, and he's not just gonna be an absolute dud like the last three or four forwards we signed. Well, there's definite excitement in the comments section tonight. Ethan Held has started with it's Diego, not Diogo, and uh, Sativa Breeder uh, commenting all the way from Andalusia in Spain. Always uh, uh, Port 
had uh, Palencia yesterday Sativa Breeder, so we may have just come across each other uh, in the last week as a lovely area of Spain. Uh, Neil Lewis, at least we're making sure the players with injuries have the best chance of a good recovery. I mean, if Chiquinho needs nearly a year out for, for good recovery, it's a bit uh, nerve-wracking, isn't it, Stu? You mentioned it, we might have another Meriton Shabani uh, situation on our hands earlier. Yeah, it... it... <laughs> With young players like that, you, it either goes one or two ways. Do it, and Neto hasn't got back to anything near what he was before he got injured. And he's played how many games since then? But twenty-five over the course of his last half of last season and the start of this. So, you I mean I hope I'm wrong this time, <laughs> and he gets and makes a full recovery, and he's given the time and all the expertise and everything. But you've got to fear for him for. I mean, we only had to look at the stiller that the challenge, and it looked it was, horrific. Yeah, was um, it just an ACL Eastern, or because the, the time frame seems a lot longer than just an ACL? Well, we have. I mean, Johnny was out for around nine, ten months the first yeah. summer, and I'm sure he was. But it's just a very, very bad one. Mm. But <laughs> at that younger age, and his frame as well. He hasn't really got much give to him, as he looking at him, and you think, well, is he going to be able to recover? It's, it's just terrible for everyone because he looked. He was the most interesting part of this season for me going into it because I thought, well, at least he's got something different from everyone else, and then taken away from us and himself. He was an, uh, an exciting anomaly, wasn't it? We've got a guest of us tonight um, on behalf of the um, Manchester City. Um... YouTube content world is just doing a Insta story by the looks of it in our lobby. So I'll join him in a, in a second because obviously it's game week eight of the Premier League and uh, Aston Villa, Southampton and Nottingham Forest versus Fulham kick off the weekend at eight o'clock. Aston Villa are the Friday night entertainment hyphenated fingers there at, at eight o'clock. And I'll just, I'll bring in MCFC Daps uh, to Hello. join us. So, so yeah, well, how are you I, like, going? I liked how you managed to read what I was doing as well. <laughs> oh no, you content creates like the back of my hand. How are um, you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, I've just been. I, I just left Terrace quickly to come over here because more important to discuss football because we have it back at last. And yeah. I was I was slightly irritated that they skipped the City Wolves game and went straight on to Tottenham Leicester. And I thought this is a a far more difficult game for us than it is for Tottenham against Leicester because. Brendan Rodgers and Leicester in the mud, and Wolves are not. So, you uh, sent me a cheeky WhatsApp message earlier, which put my back against the wall and uh, made me feel a bit uh, to, to go on the counter attack to you. you. You sent me this picture uh, from the previous time uh, you came <laughs> to Molyneux. Uh, what a day! A, what an evening, horrific, horrific evening for Wolves fans. It was very good for fancy Premier League players Wolves like myself who had Kevin De Bruyne triple captain that evening, but. Um, <laughs> What was your sort of memories from that game, Dad? Oh, um, the drive home. <laughs> the drive home was hell. But um, you know what? So that was, if I'm right, we played, that was a week after we got put out of the Champions League against Real Madrid. So I was tired. I was very drained um, from being over there, being back nonstop, having to do streams with Liverpool fans that thought they were going to win the league. Um, and it was a difficult game. Wolves predominantly have always given us a difficult game. Um, so it, looking looking at Wolves away, 
it was a third to last game of the season. I think we had you, then we had West Ham, then Aston Villa. And uh, it, it was it was a tough game. But um, we got the early goal. I think the first was De Bruyne, wasn't it? And then you hit back. And when you hit back, your whole the whole of Molyneux came alive. And it was like, this isn't going to be as easy as we thought it was. Um, and then De Bruyne just looked like he was a man possessed and just dragged us over the line. But um, I'm not going to lie. I hadn't bought my ticket to the last game of the season till that till after that game because I, I'd, I've been saying there's no way I'm going to be in the Etihad and witness Steven Gerrard win, win Liverpool the champion uh, the Premier League. I was like, I can't do it. I cannot be in that ground and see his smug face. And also, there's a bit of a build-up between us and Villa fans now from the Jack Grealish thing and now the Gerrard thing. So I don't want to be there. Yeah. We the are the momentum going... was building against you that day, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So I was like, I'm not going to get a ticket, not going to get a ticket. And then that night, I turned to Steve and said, I need to get a ticket tonight. And um, yeah, it was a great performance from us. But um, listen, I, I always like to talk on the other teams. And um, just to let you know, this summer, your team were a team that I had been saying... Um, could do quite well. Newcastle, I think, could do really well because of their, you know, the fact of how they've been from January to um, June or May, and then also the fact they are going to buy players. But I think with Wolves, Neto for me is a player that if if we take out his injured season, I, I think if he had one if he had one more season, Liverpool would have come in for him. Um, and in the Obviously, summer, he's recently been linked to Arsenal, as near the last transfer window, quite really? heavily. Arsenal now. And yeah. but then in the summer, when he, I remember he scored for you in one of your friendlies and said, I'm going to have the best season of my life this season. Now, I feel for him because injuries at his age are very difficult to get over. Jesus, actually, people never speak on it on Jesus. Jesus went through something very, very similar at City, where when you're of a certain age and you get an injury, it can impact you more than when you're a bit older because... You know, you're young. You've never been through that before. But Neto is a real, is a real, real, real quality player. I think the only issue you lot have against us at the moment is the fact that back when you were good against us, it was it was three at the back, and three at the back against City can be very effective. It was three at the back in May as well, and you absolutely beat us five. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but it, you know what? There's a difference. Yeah. City, City from March to May are a beast that I, I, you can't really talk on. It's we've, we've built up to a point where that's our business end of the season and we get the job done. If it wasn't for De Bruyne, could it have been a different ball game? But it's just... Um, the, the hardest thing we've got going into this game is how damn good you are defensively at the moment. Yeah, we, we've, we've kind of successfully managed to transition from five back to four back. We've... Without it, yeah, without without it showing, you know, mm. it turns out Connor Cody's not been the huge monumental <laughs> loss that many thought he would. I mean, that, I was thinking back to the uh, that five one, and don't don't get me wrong, De Bruyne was that's one of the best opposition performances I, I I've seen at Molyneux in terms of how good he was. And I think it was something like he had five shots at. Three went in and two rattled the post or something silly. Mm. Um, 
But was that Stu? I'm right thinking Johnny played at right centre half and Chiquinho was at wing back that day. It it was a very lopsided city yeah. team against a team where you can't hold really on, be hold, lopsided. No, but, but hold on, hold on. If I switch that, we had Laporte injured, but still having to play, and a 37 year old Fernandinho playing at centre back. That's why I was so worried because you really the first half. I was I was still worried going into mm. the second half because I thought every single time you ran at us, we looked scared. And it was only because Fernandinho in that second half remembered I'm 37. Why am I trying to play like I'm 21? I just need to use my football brain because Laporte's got no legs neither. And it was literally just because Fernandinho's positioning was correct. Otherwise, mm. on the counter, like... That's how you got your... We scored. You scored very quickly afterwards, I think, yeah. on your first attack because you look yeah. threatening. You always will. Um, I think I think the the key battle tomorrow is your defence against Haaland. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. It's you're, you're, looking, you're looking probably better than Tottenham defensively at the moment. And Tottenham are, I think, statistically maybe the best. But... It's, it's can you keep Haaland quiet for 90 minutes? That's it. Yeah, if it's, you a can, big, you it's a big, it's a big, um, it's a big task for any defence in the Premier League at the moment and in Europe as shown against Dortmund um, on Wednesday night. Uh, there was a bit of a cheeky uh, interview after the game, wasn't the Daps where the uh, presenter was asking Haaland about how Dortmund had managed to stop him. But what was your actual thoughts on the two-one win in the end? Did um, it, it wasn't as easy as it, it looked, was it? Um, no, we're, we're looking like a different team at the moment this season. I'll be honest with you. Um, there's players that have gotten to the. Rodri summed it up. Rodri, there was an interview with Rodri, and he said, "Harlan doesn't need to change. This is about us changing," and that's spot on. Um, players are having to understand. And to be fair to him, like Foden, early doors got some criticism. Foden's been having to play false nine for two years. So Foden to instinctively shoot, well, that's because he's been drummed into him. You're now false nine. That's your job. Now his job is to find Harlem by any means. So we're still in transition. We're still um, we're still working out how to play with Harlem while also not being all there defensively for me at the moment. Um you are still, have you're still a bit makeshift at the back, aren't you? Obviously, John mm-hmm. Stones is um, filling in at all different but, but it's, areas. It's deeper, than, it's deeper than just injuries as well. It's it's the fact that Pepper's changed and decided he's not going to revert from playing inverted fullbacks. And when I mean inverted, I, I had to have someone that really deeps football explain it to me because I've said, our oh, fullbacks always push forward. He said, no, no, no. I mean, coming in like they're central midfielders. And the issue you have there is you leave yourself very vulnerable down the side now walker with his pace that's fine but walker's been injured Cancelo's not quick so all of a sudden we've got two gaping gaps down the side that's why we went out and got a kanji on the last day of the transfer window i think because pep's seen with laporte being injured ake got injured we need pace on the left we need someone strong on the left otherwise against teams with quick wingers we, we're, we're very vulnerable we saw it against newcastle with uh, st maximum as well so there's these gaping holes. Diaz and Stones previously have been our best centre-back pairing. 
but that's because they had fullbacks playing as kind of fullbacks. Now the fullbacks are playing as midfielders. You need, and I've always kind of downplayed the left-sided left centre back and right-footed right centre back until you play with your fullback so far forward, and it's massive. It's huge, and that's what we've seen this season in the games where we've looked we've looked vulnerable. Now Villa's a bit of an anomaly. I don't get what happened that day. I don't think they were better than us. Um, they just there was something wrong, something wrong. You know, you get those games sometimes yep. where it's just nothing's going for you. But um, I think with Neto, that would be my concern. My main concern with you lot is Neto. I, I think he's he's very good, and he hasn't got back to where he was. But I think he will do. And it's it's just any game, it's going to click with Neto. So yeah, Neto needs that um, that one game to kickstart his season, doesn't he, Stu? Yeah, I mean, we were talking before you came on about how. We've we've got uh, Chiquinho who's had an ACL and he's out for the season now, and Neto had a layoff at a young age mm. as well. And we we put a comment up for the audio listeners. There's a comment on the screen about Neto's work rate, and it's been second to none. He hasn't hid once, even when he was when he was putting balls into the South Bank a couple of weeks ago. You could see he was getting frustrated with himself, but he still carried on and on. He didn't go sulking like certain other players have. He carried on. He carried on trying, and it is. I mean, he hasn't lost everything, has he? He ain't. He ain't like Raúl. He's still got everything there. So you're right. I mean, hopefully he has one of them inspired performances tomorrow that that Traore did at, at the Etihad a few years ago. Oh yeah, and he's back as well. I, do you know what? I only heard on the radio this morning. How is is Costa on loan? No, he's um, he's a free agent. It, yeah, it's a free agent. Oh, is yeah. that why you've been allowed to get him after? The yeah, game? yeah, like, yeah. Right, okay, got you. Yeah, Obviously I mean, you that's... just mentioned Diego Costa there. If he was Not sort ideal. of fully fit and he starts tomorrow, adapts. How nervous would you be? <laughs> Look, he knows the Premier League and he's built for the Premier League. I think the British media, unfortunately, are to blame for why that guy. Uh, left the country in the first place. The guy's built for the Premier League. He's just a menace. He's an absolute menace. He's a type of player who's a centre-back you just don't want to play against. There's there's one clip of him and Vinny back years ago where it's like they're both pushing each other off the ball and neither of them want to give up. Um, I think he's built for it and I think his age isn't too much of a concern to you lot because you've got young players around him. Mm. you've got young players with legs around him he's just a natural born scorer but also an absolute menace and a handful to defences um, also can I just say as well with the Portuguese I think you and your team and our team can both probably agree their mentality is different yeah their mm. mentality is, is insane well, we've we, we've had we've had talks about that before, and we like impress like things that come out in the press that wider wolves sign Portuguese players because they don't play up because they don't go on the piss yeah. all the time. They just work and work. They're family orientated and they do their jobs properly. So yeah, why wouldn't fun. you? And competitive you know at the same time. But we they, we they, talk about Jean Martinho all, all the time, and like being ninety seven or however old he is now, <laughs> and like if he's on the losing side in you know five side in training, he loses shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, uh, on that, there's one moment I always speak about with uh, Bernardo Silva, and it was the season we'd won the domestic treble, and at the uh, title parade, he was being interviewed, and he he looked pissed off. 
And all he kept saying is we should have gone for, I think we'd gone to the quarters in the Champions League. Might have been the year we got knocked out by Leon, I think. And he just kept saying we should have gone further in the Champions League. It's like, and I will credit Ronaldo for this. I honestly believe Ronaldo has put some sort of mentality in that whole Portuguese philosophy that they just, they want to win everything constantly. And even this year on uh, our title parade this year, Cancelo, um, Bernardo Silva, Diaz. Whereas you've got Grealish, Walker, Foden <laughs> running about drunk with high-vis jackets on they've nicked off of builders. Fair play. They've just won the league. So I get it. I would have been a lot worse. But then the camera will pan to Bernardo Silva, Diaz. And um, to be fair, Rodri was there as well. But, you know, and they're all sat there. They're, they're having a drink, but they're sat there. And it's like they've come here to do a job. They've come here to win trophies. That's why they're here. They're not here to get pissed. They're not here for anything else. That's why you hear, I don't know, again, locally amongst your fan base, do you ever hear of any of them out and about drinking? You no, don't. No. So like what just he said, they're, 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 they're just really hard workers. Yeah. They don't like to waste energy. And I don't know if you've heard this myth, Daps, but Bernardo Silva doesn't like to waste that much energy that he still hasn't taken his Christmas tree down. <laughs> this is this is from this is from two years ago. I've heard that myth. He didn't want to take his Christmas tree. He didn't want to take his Christmas tree down because he he wasted energy and he just liked it having he liked having it up. Do you know what? He's he's someone that you often see out and about around Manchester, just walking his dog. Like eleven at night, he'll be in one of the squares in the middle of the Manchester, just walking his dog. But his dog's really little, so his dog can't walk that far. So that probably makes sense as well. He's reserving his energy. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's joining us live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter this evening. Just drop a quick like in the left bottom section. Just keep us, uh, you know, keep showing your support so we can, uh, right? I wonder what Rich was doing then. I'm trying to point down to the like button, but realise I'm in completely wrong area. Somewhere and, around here. Yeah. It's like that or that, whichever one, because I get it wrong as well. That's it. Just That's drop it. a quick like in the bottom left, bottom right of your screen, whatever. Just just that bottom left down here. Yeah. Like, press like. Drop us a quick comment saying you've wasted two minutes just uh, distracting us with uh, directions. Do you know uh, what? For the... but joking aside on that one, just quickly, I know sometimes content creators will say, please like the video, and you're like, all right, we just want to hear you talk about football or read out our comments. Super chats cost you money. They're appreciated. But do you know a like is far more important because likes start the algorithms ticking. And... Once a channel gets 30 likes, it sends you into a whole new world. 40 likes, a whole new world. So the likes mean so much to content creators. So please, people, it is free. It's not like a super chat. It takes one second. You won't even break your keyboard. Just tap it once so it turns dark grey, please. And we're massive Sorry. supporters of the uh, mental health charity Mind. So to, to alleviate our anxiety levels, <laughs> drop a quick... Quick like in the bottom left of the screen. As we mentioned earlier, it's game week A of the Premier League. Obviously, Aston Villa, Southampton, Nottingham Forest kick off in a few moments. Uh, Wolves, Man City, 12.30 on BT Sport, followed by Newcastle and Eddie Air coming up against Bournemouth for the first time since he got sacked. Tottenham Leicester is the evening kickoff uh, and the weekend ends with Brentford versus Arsenal and Everton versus West Ham. Uh, I'll come to you first on this, Daps. If you had to put your money on one team to win out of those game week eight fixtures, who's your money on this weekend? Tottenham. Leicester are in a bit of a mire at the moment, aren't they? Oh, shit. I hate Brendan Rodgers. hate him. I think he's a crap manager. 
<laughs> I think he's he's full of excuses coming out. I think if it wasn't for the fact that he had such a good relationship with um, the owner's father, he would have been sacked long ago. For him to come out and criticise the club about you know spending and whatever else, when he knows the insides and out, outsides of every single football club, um, he knows what his contract is. He knows that they can't get rid of him. He knows how much the academies cost them. For him to come out and kind of slander a, a, a club that you work for is just a bit of a... You know what? It's, it's funny because Liverpool fans often speak negatively of Brendan Rodgers. And I think he did quite well for you, to be fair, because Liverpool fans will always tell us that that team under Brendan Rodgers was nothing compared to the money that City has spent on their team. Okay, so give him a bit more credit, but they'll they'll knock him. Now, one of my friends has said Brent, something about Brendan Rodgers as well, but it's full of excuses for me. Um, sorry, it seems like I've got a personal vendetta against Brendan Rodgers, but I just <laughs> I think I think he's a crap manager. Um, I think he's I living think, off how good Luis Suarez was at the time, having yeah, Gerard behind I mean, him. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Sturridge and, was electric at the time as well. Well, I I always say, do you know what? If you if you look at a team like Leicester and then you look at a team like West Ham. Now, for me, I think Man United fans criticised David Moyes far too much. Every other manager since him has been given a million excuses. David Moyes never got any, and he actually had to follow, it hurts me to say it, but probably the best manager in my lifetime, possibly ever. He had to follow him, and he's been criticised nonstop. United fans hate David Moyes. Every other manager since then, you know, he's had excuse after excuse after excuse. Guess what? Same board, both managers, all managers. Then you look at Brendan Rodgers. Now, I don't think West Ham's squad is that good. I think Brendan Rodgers has West Ham overperforming. I think if you were to give someone like David Moyes Leicester squad, because I think Leicester squad's a very good squad. Mm. But I, ju- I just don't think Brendan Rodgers knows how to motivate players for more than one season. I think he, he loses it after one I think season. I've, I, I, I agree. I think he there's a clear point where his influence starts to diminish. Yeah. And, you know, Leicester were talked about being that team of pushing into a top six. And Not it, anymore. It, it, but they, you look at some of the players that they've not quite been able to replace and they're relying on younger players and not even... Mm. You know, some some have come through a, a high quality, um, and you know, pushing in England youth setups. But I think for for for, for Rogers, I, I agree. It feels like his time's up. But I've, uh, financially, they they can't and won't get rid of him they because they've done that. Yeah, but if need what they need to do is get rid of him at the end of last season, sort of like what we did with with Nuno, where you just cut ties at the end of the season and you give that new manager that little bit of time to play with whereas now they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and you know I don't quite know what the aim for Leicester is this season because it definitely can't be to push into a top six because the likes of West Ham that's that's their aim now it's got to be Newcastle's I'm sorry it has to be Newcastle's for me because I think if they don't they're, they're however I think they're being run very very well so far he only has a certain amount of time he only does it's mm. it's, it's one of these things where sooner or later they've got that much money that he will hit his ceiling i hope he doesn't and i hope his ceiling keeps going because I, I would love to see it the fact that this this 
the next transfer window, um, Eddie Howe and uh, Graham Potter are going to have the biggest war chest in world football. That's good. You know what? That's good. That's what. And when people criticise these appointments, I'm like, listen, that's what we've said as football fans. We want to see. Now it's happening. We want to criticise it. Like Chelsea's, for me, Chelsea's fan base is, I know this is, sorry, Wolves and City, but I can talk any football. I love football. For me, when Chelsea's fan base were a bit unsure about Graham Potter, I'm like, you've played boring, effective football for 15 years. It's won you every trophy that you can possibly want to win. Trust me, I know. You rock up to the Etihad with your inflatable Champions League trophies. I get it, (laughs) right? But now, don't you want to change your brand and have a brand? Because we had it. We'd won all the domestic trophies we could have before Pep joined us. But Pep has changed us as a football club. We now play more attractive football. So now, Chelsea have that chance to at last move away from this boring effective football even at home right Tottenham fans bless them got rid of pushed Mourinho out the door when they were in a final because his football was boring right but Chelsea fans they've now got a manager that could bring them attractive football and they're split on him they're like I don't know you know we should have gone for and they're calling out these managers that have won trophies but don't play great football so um yeah I I think it's good that these two managers have got those roles those clubs have to continue to and like I said I think your squad has something in it you've got these players I don't know how long I'm, I'm surprised how long you've kept some of your players to be honest with you yeah, um, on weekly dabs to be honest especially like Ruben Neves yeah, yeah Neves is an absolute shocker but it's, it says something good about your football club to be frank with you yeah I think I'd, I'd, I've, we uh, I think collectively as Wolves fans we pretty much assumed Neves would be on the way this summer at the end of last season and he talked fairly openly about it last week or the week before and I think he he felt that was going to happen too and to be honest I, th- I think it just became apparent that there wasn't a market for him all of a sudden and it was only sort of a bit too little too late with let's say Liverpool turned around a week before the transfer window closed and says we want a centre midfielder and by that point Nevers has been we made won 100 million. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. We basically we just stocked up the price even more. Um, Do you know what? I, I think another but, thing as English we can sometimes look at is we can look at things from well, actually, do you know what? Let me not do that as English. As, as human beings, we can look at things from our point of view. The whole Bernardo Silva going to Barcelona thing that has been going on for over a year now. Um, and let me be clear, he wants to leave Manchester City, right? It's not because he wants to go to Barcelona because he thinks he's going to win more there. It's not because they're going to pay him more. It's because he's a human being, for me, and he's never said it, but again, as a man, he comes across as a very respectful man that probably doesn't want to go out there and say, listen, my wife wants to go home. To me... I'm looking at it thinking, do you know what? You're of this age, your wife's of this age. You probably want to get closer to where you're from and have a family. Sometimes football and money doesn't drive everything. There are Mm. other things. And again, you could look at um, some of your players and they think they're happy. De Bruyne, again, De Bruyne could have left City and gone elsewhere, but he's happy. He's content. Same with Pep. He could have left City. He could have gone elsewhere, but he said, I've got everything I need. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Why do I want to go somewhere else? And sometimes... 
you can look at it and think, you know what, your club is making an environment that these players just want to stay out. They're not that bothered about leaving. Like, you don't really ever hear too much of your players pushing for moves either. Whereas Madison, mm -hmm. and this goes back, whereas Madison and Tillemans, every single transfer window, are trying to get the hell out of Leicester. Yeah. I think it, it goes back to what we said about the Portugal thing as well. When you look at Moutinho, I mean, my cousin teaches Moutinho's daughter's music. <laughs> And so that they all do the school run together. They all help. And like when Cody was here as well, he'd pick up some Ado's kid. And you think, well, wow. this is it's an amazing kind of yeah. team bonding exercise. And Neves has talked about, well, there's, if you look on his Instagram story, I presume it's still there, of his little son singing the Neves song at him at the dinner table. And you yeah. think this kind of the family atmosphere of this club means more than going just somewhere for a bit more money. And I think that, oh, yeah. that's what's that's what's helped us keep these players for so long. I completely agree with you. Just to be devil's advocate, no move is sanctioned without Mr. Jorge Mendes at Wolves no. anyway. So it is on his timeline as much as anything else and waiting for certain oh, things. Is to he move. in charge of some of your players as well? It, 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 it's, it's impossible to say. Um, but I, no, I do completely agree. Um, but actually, I think the club do work hard in terms of getting players at the right points in their careers and understanding where their flaws and ceilings are mm. professionally. Because uh, we're all realistic in terms of where Wolves are as a football club, but I think the players are as well in terms of there's no. This is going to sound a, a bit of a dig at Arsenal for no real reason. What what is the huge gain for Pedro Neto to go to Arsenal? You know, he's going from a team who's competing essentially for top seven to a team who's competing for top five. Vitvio. Harsh. Which. Dabs, no, no, no. I'm, I'm jumping straight in here. Arsenal are an absolute overhyped train at the moment. The I've bit, just been on the, the channel that's been overhyping them as well, so carry on. They had, they had a good half an hour the first game of the season against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace could have nicked a draw. They'd be an um, awful Leicester side. Um, who did the play as well after was it Villa? The be uh, yeah. an average Villa side who were in in a, in the midst of better um, than we did to be <laughs> in the midst of um, Tyrone Mings being the captaincy and the having a mayor. Oh. The first game they have to um, turn up against um, Man United. Man United. Eric Tenog did an absolute tactical masterclass on them. Yeah. I'm not having Arsenal as um, a, a guaranteed so, top four this season. Oh, yeah, they're, 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 they're certainly I mean, not what, guaranteed, but that, I, I think. I think Arsenal are on a journey. I think um, Arteta's on a journey as well. And a road to nowhere. <laughs> Trust the process. I mean, to be fair, Fuck I, I, Arsenal. We've yeah. got Brentford away this week. What's weekend. going on here? Hold on. What's Fuck going on Arsenal. with this Wolves-Arsenal rivalry? Where's this uh, coming from? Uh, uh, to be fair, Dan, we probably need to be careful about calling out Arsenal too much because our Twitter will just oh, no, be... Do it. It'll be good for your channel. Do it. Do it. It'll Fuck be good for your channel. They're an overhyped job. They're, they're a Europa League side at best. We were in the Europa League a couple of seasons ago, so as far as I'm concerned, Arsenal are in the same catalogue of clubs. Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal, Man United and West Ham. All the Man other United teams, in there. Sensational sending. Man Come United. <laughs> Man United are washed, as far as I'm concerned. They're never going to compete for a title race in the next 10 years. And I said that 10 years ago. Anyway... <laughs> Game week eight. Stu, who's your money on to get the three points this weekend? 
Brentford. <laughs> I just think they're going to do them again. And the, all that that whole nonsense of um, we all watched the all or nothing documentary and the fact that he, he put the Ivan Tony tweet on the screen to kind of wind him up a bit. And you think, well, like they mentioned it on the ramble today. Is it going to be like a perpetual cycle where Thomas Frank now shows the clip of that in the dressing room saying, look, they're taking the piss out of us here. I just think they're going to do them again. And I, I'll let you down. I mean, other than if Fulham beat Forest tonight, which would be glorious, um, I think Brentford have got every chance of beating Arsenal because exactly everything you, you said, I echo that the first challenge they have, they're buckled again, as they always do. So I think uh, that one, I mean, Spurs obviously is the banker because Leicester are shocking, as we said, but I think Brentford, odds-wise, you're going to get more money out of Brentford beating Arsenal. There's definitely an exaggerated hate for myself towards Arsenal, but I genuinely think they're a, they're a, <laughs> they're a hype job. And um, my my money this weekend is is Newcastle at home to Bournemouth. I've gone Kieran Trippier, captain in my fantasy team, because I'm just convinced Newcastle I'm going to do a number on Bournemouth and Kieran Trippier is going to get a clean sheet and probably a goal or assist. Uh, where's your money, Rich? Um, you, you three have all picked the likely ones, which is which is frustrating. And, I, and frankly, I feel like Villa, Southampton, somehow impressively, I reckon both teams will lose. Um, I'm going to go for a massive outside outside gamble here and say Everton, and I don't quite know why. I just think West Ham. Nah, I think what, that's all right. Yeah, I don't think where. I'm I, not I, convinced by West Ham, I'm with you. I, I, I'm with I, they are great even for some of their parts. And, and hey, that's that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it does mean they they struggle sometimes and I don't know. Just I think I just another think... point there another point for you there, Rich, is that they usually struggle after a Thursday night Europa. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got um Frank Lampard loves playing games against West Ham as well. One thing when I was doing a little bit of a quick fact checking, lads. Did you know Andy Lonergan's on the books at Everton? Blimey. <laughs> what a career he's had according from to, Liverpool, World Cup champion club, whatever it was, to, to playing for Everton. Back with Connor yeah. Cody. And there was roommates at Wolves as well. What it's a all, world, eh? It's come full and Vinagre. Vinagre and Thelwell. <laughs> Get the boys back together. <sighs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't, I don't massively rate Everton saying, saying literally any of that. But I do, I do sort of just think I can see it as well. They, they I, might, I don't think Wolves are as I don't think Wolves are as um, as strong as people think. Yeah. I, I really, don't. I, I don't know what it is, but I've obviously because of what they did last season, I've heard a lot of hype on Wall. Uh, sorry, not Wolves. Sorry, West Ham. Sorry, both begin with W. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't. For some reason, I don't feel threatened by West Ham. I feel they've got too many slip ups in them. I think Newcastle will finish above West Ham, West Ham this season. Easily. Easily. It's interesting. I think cause... you lot... Look, I actually think you lot should be targeting... Like, West Ham should be a team that you lot should be looking at and thinking, yeah, yeah, that's our level. I think if me. we could score goals, then we kind of would be. But Agreed. Was it three? Three in however many? You, you're not yeah. scoring much. We ain't scoring no, no, I say. We've got the, the joint best defence in the league at the moment. It's, just, it's coming I like a repeat of last season. Yeah, where we, we finished the season with 38 that, goals that, that we scored. A, that was a deflection. I know. From, I know. No. So I know that you, your defence is one of the best in the league at the moment. But how many goals have you scored this season? 
Um, four, three, four, three, <laughs> three. Yeah, three, three. And that's yeah. a worry. We, 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 a we worry. keep we always we've always we've always kept games tight. That's it. Going back to the sort of the the, the Nuno sort of last eighteen months, it, we always kept games tight, but we, we've five, always man. struggled to score because let's let's get it right. Sort of since him when he's had that bad injury, we've not had a, a focal point centre forward, have we? Tomorrow, well, hopefully, you do now. he features. Is he playing? It's a day. Uh, let me just uh, quickly segment to our Twitter page. We've got a co- shirt competition for our followers uh, at the moment. If Diego Costa starts tomorrow, <laughs> we'll give away the new Wolves away shirt. All you have to do is retweet the post and follow Wolves Fancast. Let me just quickly run that by you again. If, Di- if Diego Costa starts tomorrow, <laughs> we'll give away the latest Wolves away shirt. And my opinion is, and I'll show you in a, in a few seconds, Diego Costa should start tomorrow. And let's just see how, how many minutes we could get out of him and... Obviously, that that sort of announcement when Diego Costa is in the starting eleven, that will bring a, a bit of momentum and confidence from the stands. And as you know, that's when Molyneux is rocking, that, it's that, a that, tough place to, say to come that. to. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, I witnessed it when you scored your... Um, it's funny, actually, because there's I've done Villa away and I've done Wolves away. And both of them, when uh, they're both, I'd say, old school grounds... You know, with the, yeah. the goals behind yeah, the, the, the 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 stands behind the goal, two tiered, make a lot of noise. You get one goal and it changes. And in fact, I'll be honest: the one thing I always talk about at your ground is a younger let off a flare. Um, so we had the whole length of the. Do all away teams have the whole length of the ground? Yeah, and, and every away well. team hates it. Oh, no, 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 I don't mind it, you know. I don't mind yeah. it. Unless you like something like Fulham or Bournemouth Daps, I can't fulfil that bottom Oh, right, okay. Well, everyone listen, else gets it, yeah. Listen, despite, the, despite the, what people say about Manchester City, we've always had amazing travelling fans. Um, and also, actually, our home fans are pretty damn good. It's just, yes, we're not as big as Man United and Arsenal. So, if we're playing 60 games a season, midweek games, sometimes we drop behind. But it is what it is. But... When flares get let off behind the stadium, you know, where you're getting your pies and your drinks in an old school ground like Wolves, at first you're like, oh, it's a flare being let off. About 30 seconds later, you're having to run out because it's very narrow. And if you're a bit older like me, you struggle to breathe. But um, when you lot scored that goal, you come alive. You do come alive. So I can imagine... It's it's a bit like Newcastle at the moment. I feel Newcastle have got that bounce. They, you know, they've got a very loyal fan base, and they're on the up. So going to St James's Park at the moment is not easy because the fans are there. Going to Brent, go, going even to Brentford, I said to Man United fans, going to Brentford, second game of the season, close to the pitch. It's not easy. If they get a goal, completely different game and. Again, with you lot having Diego Costa, you're kind of going into it like it's first game back, you know. We've and and especially with the break we've had, it is a bit like a first game back. People haven't seen football for ten days, and you might be seeing a uh, Carl, uh, so Diego Costa. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more I'm more excited tomorrow than I have been for since the start of the season what? last year after lockdown. <laughs> Even... See Harland. See Harland. <laughs> Well, he's he's not human as he said. He doesn't count. Um, 
but it is. I mean, I'd rather start with I'd rather start with Diego Costa. Give you even if he only lasts for what the first half. Five. 45 minutes. Yeah. If you only see what, what he's got about, because like I said, it doesn't matter what different. I don't care if you if you Virgil van Klondike. Um, you don't want Diego Costa up against you no, because don't. he's all he's elbows, he's rough, he's in your face. So, excuse my French, he's a shit house. He's in, he was a yeah, shit king house before shit he went house. back to Atletico, and Atletico are the kings of shit housery. Trust me. Yeah. So he he was a shit house and went to learn how to be a real shit house. So he's going to be even worse. And it's he's coming back to the <laughs> Premier League. When he was in the Premier League before, he was bad. And I feel like he'll be coming back with the bit between his teeth this time because whereas before he was younger, and he probably did care about pissing off the media. I don't think he'll give a shit about who he pisses off now as well. This is probably his last move, and he will be like he will. He'll look at Diaz and think, yeah, I want some of that. I want some of that. When he came on against us in the uh, second leg of the Champions League, because he was injured for the first leg, when he came on in the second leg, I was, I was, no, was, was it was it Costa? No, it's Suarez, sorry, actually, it was Suarez, but very similar thing, South Americans. They're absolute bastards to play against. They really, really are. And when you look at City's defence at the moment, which is a bit, you said it earlier, a bit part, we don't know who's going to play. Midweek, I think it was Kanji and Ake. Yeah. Hmm. Week before, it was uh, Stones and Diaz. Week before that, it was Ake and Diaz. That worries me always. When centre-back pairings change, and then you go and put someone like... uh, Diego Costa in there you could get and and when you say about him playing 45 minutes if you can give Manchester City a hard 45 minutes and frustrate us yeah that's when they start makes... second guessing themselves, and then the doubt kicks in and before you know it Pedro Neto's on the break well it makes more sense doing it that way than bringing him on when we got like 3-0 down with 20 minutes left <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, Sativa Breeder in the comment section can't be worse than uh, Raul at the moment. Uh, Exactly. It it got announced that he's going to be sidelined for a few weeks with a groin strain. Any thoughts on that injury may be a big part of his recent performances, Rich? You've got got to hope so. I mean, it's confusing that he went from suffering chronic fatigue to a groin injury. It, It does feel like there's a bit of PR covering cracks um, from when um, Sasa Kladnich got injured that game where he was in the squad and then dropped out. He needs some time away. He needs to get himself fully fit. It's, it, it's abundantly obvious when we saw him play, he wasn't fit and he's not started the season well, either because of that or otherwise. It, it's just a shame we've got a lad out on loan. He's fucking firing him in, a, in Belgium, in Fabio Silva. Can I ask you him. a question quickly? Because I, I didn't see it coming. And then I didn't even see it happen. And then all of a sudden I was watching the game and was like, what? In fact, it was, I was watching the Everton uh, Liverpool game. was like, what? Cody, did any of you lot see that? Where did it come from? It's all about, um, it's all about it the transition. He can't play. Yeah, so, well, I mean, it, we say that he yeah. can't play in a, in a, in a, a two centre back pairing, but he did okay against Liverpool with Tarkowski the other week. But I think it just came to, uh, 
the right time for him to move on. Obviously, the World Cup's coming up. He needs to be playing games. And I think Bruno Large has got his heart set on Kilman and Nathan Collins. Who... So, it's your manager or him? Yeah, the manager. Both. He was manager. told the, he was told the first day back at pre-season that Bruno wanted to go in a, in a different route. And it was just the right move for, for both parties. You don't want Conor Cody, the sort of the, the captain, lingering about in the dressing room, trying to support the team. Because if you're not playing, you're going to be... Uh, a disruption, aren't you? As good as a professional that that Conor Cody is. If that, if that's how it went, that explains what I said earlier about how, again, when we were speaking on the Portuguese and how you have to give some respect to your owners and how they're running the club. That again, if mm. that is how it has gone, the fact that you've actually looked at that and gone because that's spot on, captain, you keep him there, but he no longer plays. That could cause issues because it was just very quick to be in from. Connor Cody, you know, the Rock Wolves' captain, to all of a sudden, he's just kind of gone through the back door off to Everton. was a bit yeah. like... It's, it's very sad because he's only obviously a year away from his testimonial as well, which not many players do nowadays. And obviously he has been a, an absolute rock for the club, um, true sort of custodian of the captaincy. And he, he'll be massively missed. But in order for the club to progress, sometimes you have to, to move on. Is he, is he being you... massively missed? One of the no. best defences well, in the not, league? Not... No, not at the moment. And, I meant emotionally, you know, not um, yeah. on the pitch. <laughs> well, that, that's always been my thing. And me and Stu have talked about this a lot over the last two years, haven't we? When when people talk about Conor Cody, what's the best parts of his game? People say his passing and his leadership and communication. You know, the, yeah. uh, the, the things essentially outside of his footballing ability. Problem is... We've he he doesn't do those raking passes very much anymore because we're in the Premier League against good teams and it's it's kind of hard to do it on a regular basis. I can think of about three off the top of my head. Ironically, one was against Man City when we um, when Edison Let's gets sent off. But genuinely, that was probably the only time he did it that season. And you go whether it's him or the instructions he's not doing it. But when we are playing badly. He's usually having a bad game and we are looking unorganised. So when he is not in form, it shows and it really does. So if you've got... I've always a... thought that about him, you know, as well. Yeah. yeah. He's, and... he's the type of player that can look unbelievable in certain games. But then in some games... I... Do you know... I hate to say it. Do you know who's very similar to that, though? Van Dyke. Van Dyke can look unbelievable. Yeah. But then all of a sudden... In certain games, Van Dyke will look so He looks so like mediocre. the dancer from B2K, doesn't he? <laughs> and, he's blamed, and he'll start blaming <laughs> everyone else. Cass told, Cass told me you were funny, to be fair, sir. So. Um, <laughs> but, but no, the, but Van Dyke's very similar, where someone that looks like the rock of their defence, but then maybe that might not be that he's the rock, it's the people around him. When when yeah, he's then, reading Twitter on a daily basis saying no one's dribbled past him in 2,000 years... That's going to make you feel like a rock of a centre-back, isn't yeah, yeah. it? But when Liverpool are starting to concede goals and their defence has been poor this season, their defence is not great stats-wise. And obviously, yeah. with him being the main centre-back, Matip's been out. Joel Gomez was absolutely dog shit versus Napoli uh, last week, I think shit. he was. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think Virgil van Dijk is having doubts. But, 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 but Matip's come himself. back and all of a sudden, Matip's come back and they look good again. 
That's it. As, as I mentioned earlier, thanks for joining us on the Wolves Fancast match preview on the 90 Min Network alongside our main sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Let's take a look at the likely lineups this week. Uh, Dap sent me his earlier on. I hope you can all see that on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm sensible I'll, soccer vibes there. That's it. I'm starting with you, Daps. Uh, in goal, you've got Edison with a back four of John Stones, Ruben Diaz, Nathan Aki, and Jao Cancelo at left back. Midfield three of Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, and Bernardo with Foden, uh, Julian Alvarez behind <laughs> some Erling Haaland bloke who doesn't seem to be in the social media every two tweets at the moment. Best, it's not in the best of form, is it? No, he's not. I mean, we'll just we'll just we'll just move him about there on the pitch so everyone knows who we're talking about. Um, I mean, to be fair, you just want to move him into your box and leave him there. I mean, we'll, we'll come to that in a few minutes. <laughs> um, he's been sensational for you this season, hasn't he? I mean, we look at his um, his, his stats here. Um, he's, he's averaging a goal, thirteen point two touches. It's just it's men against boys sort of stats, isn't it, Dubs? It's just. Pep said you can't teach what this man does. And that's it. it. With players at my club, I try and not get overhyped on it. Like I've been saying all summer, I wanted him to join us to see the shithousery. I wanted him to tell everyone he's a City fan. But Alvarez was the one that I was more excited about because um, I, I kind of think, yeah, this is set up for a fail. It was very similar with Foden. I would not get carried away with Foden. Although I was seeing a lot of good signs, I was like, I don't want to get carried away. I've seen Man United get carried away on young players too many times, don't want to do it. But then watching this man, and it is, people will focus on the negatives because they want to. I've, I've learned as a City fan, things that used to be positives about my club, oh, we like you. You know, your fans were loyal um, when you were rubbish. Now, oh, you had, you, you've got no fans. It's like, we used to like us because our fans were loyal. Now, apparently, we have no fans. But I get it. It's because when you start taking trophies off the big boys, the big boys try and find something to focus on. So on Harlem right now, they will focus on, oh, but apart from his goals, he's not really contributing much because they want <laughs> something to put him down on. But this is the beauty of being Manchester City. What do we want? What more do we want? We don't need a Kevin De Bruyne. We don't need a Cancelo. We don't need a Foden. We don't need a Rodri. We don't need any of this. All we needed was someone to score, not goals, because we uh, believe we were the top scoring team in the top five leagues in Europe last season. We need a player that can score in clutch games that we are struggling in. Palace, last season, we didn't win either game. We won this season. Uh, penalties, we've been shit at them. Haaland steps up, calmly puts it bottom left. All of a sudden, we can we can play this passing football. But sometimes we, we struggle to break teams down. Rarely, but sometimes. Now, guess what? Lump it in the box. Haaland will get there. And it's just, that's the difference with Haaland right now. And league, it's already helping. Champions League, it can help even more. Well, we've seen, to be fair. We saw against Dortmund. We were shit against Dortmund. We were very bad. Um, moment of one pass from Cancelo or De Bruyne. Haaland gets on the end of it, different ball game. And against Forrest in particular, it was just... Um, and there, there are other parts of his game. He was getting back. He was getting involved in the game, winning the ball back. But people won't talk on that, which is fine. 
when the ball gets in the box, the man comes alive. And it's not like, you know, people say Trent can put it on someone, the end of someone's toe. You don't need to do that with Haaland. It's like you've got a space this wide. You put it in there, Haaland and his stride will get there before someone else. And that's how it is. We just have to keep him fit. But I think the other key, and that's why I've said in this in particular, we're coming up against a Wolves team that people are struggling to break down. So if we go in there and try and play the same football we've tried to play against Dortmund, we might struggle. I also saw the same thing in Tottenham. We were due to play Tottenham before the games got cancelled. And um, I said, mm, hard team to break down. What we need to do is give them more than one problem because teams, teams will look at Harlan and go, that's our problem. This is where we need, need to now be clever. If Wolves think they're going to concentrate on Haaland, we now need our other two forward players to be giving them problems. And right now, Grealish, I hate to say it, you lot probably love it because I would imagine you lot can't fucking stand the guy. Um, no. Or do you I not think, mind him because he left Villa? I think it's he seems he's an idiot. And he's he's got like he's got a bit he's got a bit as much. Let's not say idiot, but his intelligence is about as much as my big toe. I mean, he's probably as intelligent as the as the grassy. I mean, let's be honest. Um, But (laughs) even his tweet about Queen was just Jack. You've just seen this trend in, so you put it, haven't you? Bless you. (laughs) Yeah, he's. I think leaving leaving Villa, that kind that that side of him is going to appreciated more now because right, he's okay. he's harm he's harmless because he's he doesn't know does he, he doesn't understand honestly um, it, was, it was there's there's a city like the amazon prime team that did something for um last season and about the 65th minute jack fucked off to the dressing room and was with the chef in the dressing room he already <laughs> knew he wasn't going to be used as a sub <laughs> and he's in the dressing room going off never been so scared and he's sorry i'm nearly almost trying to do the accent but not quite but um, yeah, he sat watching the game in the dressing room with the uh, with the chef, and saying it's the happiest day of his life, which I loved because it was against Villa, <laughs> and the way they've slandered him, it's like his happiest day of his life was winning a Premier League against you lot. Um, but yeah, I think Grealish at the moment, unfortunately, if we play Grealish against you, he's not going to give you he's not in form, he's not going to give you trouble, and your defence is looking very solid. Mares right now, Grealish is a full boy. Mares right now also isn't in form, and we saw that midweek. We need you lot will focus on Haaland, so we need to have Foden and Alvarez because Alvarez is a problem, and I think Alvarez will press you, and he's also very clinical as well. So for me, I think Alvarez is is very important, especially if you play four at the back because when people play five at the back, you can have two try and do Haaland one more on Alvarez if you play four at the back Alvarez could potentially if you want a little outside bet I'll put some money on Alvarez scoring tomorrow yeah he has been massively uh how do I word this he's been massively unlucky as and he daps that Man City have been able to sign Haaland because the the promise and potential that Alvarez came with in the summer was 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 quite high uh so yeah. it's not it's not an, it's not an outlandish comment is it to say bet on Alvarez to score tomorrow um I predicted Wolves to start as we've previously played in a 4-3-3. Uh, I've brought Samado in at right-back instead of Johnny, allowing uh, Aitnori to be our left-back, hopefully. 
utilising any attacking chances that we've we actually get during the game. Kilman and Collins obviously at the back. Mateus Nunes, Neves, and Matino in midfield three. Uh, I've started Diego Costa up front because uh, how could we do a competition and not back him to start? Uh, Pedro Neto and Adama as our counter-attacking wingers. Uh, any sort of changes that you'd suggest on that Wolves lineup, Rich? I'd be I'd be happy. Um, genuinely, if if at half lem tomorrow that that team's announced, I'd, I'd I'd be happy. Um, I think the only the only arguable sticking point is Adama and whether you'd play Podence or Guedes. Podence is cold, man. Instead. By the way, Podence is a very 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 good footballer. You know he's, what? He's so good. Every, he's just, yeah, I've, I'm not sure whether he's actually is yeah. an ideal player for this sort of game where we're going to have our backs to the wall for Traore is the majority. ideal player. Exactly. Yeah. My only other thing, sort of, in the back of my mind is if if we can frustrate City for the first, you know, 45, 60 minutes, and then we can bring Diego and Adama off the bench in one substitution, the lift that brings would be huge, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. you're spot on with that, you know. It is that sixty minutes. Yeah. If you can get Manchester, if you cannot, if you can stop Manchester City from scoring, and it's it's interesting because you could say City this season we're showing we can come from behind, which I think is a real Haaland effect of us. But over the last few seasons, if you can frustrate City for sixty minutes, and then all of a sudden bring pace on. And that's where Villa have been successful. To be fair, Villa the other week was successful doing that, and they've done it before. If you can frustrate us for a certain amount of time and then hit us with pace when we're at our weakest, that is spot on. That's how, that's how you get at Manchester City. It's how, even against Liverpool, if you look at City-Liverpool, we can have an amazing first half against We've got better with the second half now, but we can have an amazing first half against Liverpool. Liverpool can soak it up, have a Jürgen um, cuddle in the dressing room at halftime. And then second half with, with previously their counter football, you're, you're spot on. And with Traore, look, he's done it against us before. I like to banter Traore. But the fact is, it's difficult as a City fan. It's a bit like me trying to banter Tottenham. However much I want to, <laughs> they keep getting results against us, which makes yeah. it a bit cringy for me to do it. Yeah, um, there's a catalogue of examples, as in there, like, always goes yeah. against you. I always remember the uh, Boxing Day. Boxing yeah. Day game. He absolutely... Oh, I nearly well, yeah, said something three, wrong two? then. Was it 3-2 Yeah, we were 3-2. 3-2, we were 2 nil down, weren't we? I'm trying to get a draw out of it still. Adama did something to uh, Benjamin Mendy, which was quite rough. Oh, I can um, imagine you might get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he probably deserved it. I hope that man never plays for my club again. Yeah. I mean, Adama was sensational in the away game when we won 2-0. Two uh, massive counter-attacking moments, which pretty much looks how we yeah, set up on the screen right now. Man City overloading, high up the pitch. And all it takes is sort of this one pass from, from Nunes to, to Neto or away to Adama and you've got a sort of a full pitch where you, you, you're two against two, two against One three, three against three. One pass to a man three. in baby oil and everything that's, just comes that's, alive. That's it. If we can frustrate Man City for the first hour. Um, Have you not ever all... questioned if he's if he is actually Spanish or not? I mean, he's, <laughs> I think he's sort of Malian born and bred, but he, he was is like raised in Spain. The most unspanish, and people will say, oh, you're Yeah, but it's quite funny. Like, if you, no, if you hear his accent... 
if you oh, hear his accent, really Spanish? he's got one of the thickest Spanish accents. It's, it's a bit like Chris Iwalumo. Got the thickest Scottish <laughs> yeah. accent, but you wouldn't think it. It's just, yeah, a dormitory, all right. It's not just how he looks. It's also his style of football. It's just so different to any Spanish player. I just think that's why he was at Barcelona because he was just an unreal specimen for for his age. <laughs> yeah, but then when it came yeah, to yeah. the professional level, he was just completely Michael out of Richards. sync with the, the Barcelona way of playing. Michael Richards at City, far too top heavy. Unfortunately, he Michael Richards and I always think Michael Richards and Traore are actually very similar because Michael Richards was a beast as a right back. He got played centre back, but when he played right back, he would like not the ball pass plays and then just look at them. You know, that rugby league physique that's like, hmm. I'm quick, but mm-hmm. I'm also very powerful. And it's like, you don't want to come against that as a, as, 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 as a uh, defender, someone that's quicker than you, but also stronger than you. So yeah, that is, I think when I look at it already on talk sport this morning, on the way into work, we're talking about Traore and I was thinking flashbacks, does does um does Adama start for you, Stu? Because there's still a question over, over how much Bruno actually trusts him, isn't there? I don't think <laughs> we all know my thoughts on him anyway. But they, they I all... don't, Stu. Tell me your thoughts on him, please. I, I hate him, and I can't wait for the day that he leaves. <laughs> and uh, he's just he's he's had probably what <laughs> me and Mendy in the in, in the last in the last two years in the last two years he's probably had four good games. Two of them have probably been against City, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but he's just—you can only—you can only go for watching him for four years and him being the same player as he was when he joined, and the, the whole thing of oh, there's the potential one day he'll get it every week coming up until you get. Well, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get any better than he is now. And but we know when he when he can be bothered and when he's on it. <laughs> There's no one in the world like him, is that? And he causes chaos. Yeah. And yeah. now we've now we've got the dark destroyer, the master of chaos himself up front. Hopefully, then maybe something like that will happen. And the fact that Geddes has done fuck all, and Neto's not back to his best. Pedence is one injury away from disaster. It's like, well, is there any way you could play uh, Prudence and him together? Yeah, I mean, they've kind of that's the other option. It's playing with a false mm. nine and playing Pedence as a false well. Why didn't Conte sign Traore? They wanted like him as a wing back because he wanted to play wing back. I, I, yeah, I don't. I think I don't think Adama wanted to play wing back, and then Barcelona came, and then it was just I'm going back to Barcelona. Fuck oh Tottenham. yeah, it was it actually was linked with Tottenham. Money, he? he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. Yeah, fuck me, he was at Barcelona for no time whatsoever, was he? Yeah, we got no money for it either. It was a shocking move for the club. Mm. Well, it yeah. shows that he's come back to you, kind of showed you like the city. Wolves and no one, no one wants him. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Wolves Ramsey's a sorry, great that. city, Dad. Don't I, I, get me wrong, I, I, it's a great I mean, city, but he didn't want to what? come back. I've DJed in Wolves, I've DJed back in the day in, in um, Wolverhampton before with uh, Oceana. How, how are we 66 minutes into recording? Like, this is only just quick now. <laughs> yeah. We could have made a show around this, Dad. Oh. Yeah. I DJed at Oceana at an under 21s event there. Once with someone called Paul Paul Anthony. Suits, remember him, Paul Anthony. Yeah, Paul guy called Paul Anthony from and I also used to sell DJ equipment to a shopping Wolverhampton as well. But I don't want to I don't want to This is not a knock on you, Daps, but O'Shana is no longer there. Oh, oh, I have no doubt, bro. It's fine. I'm I'm old. It's fine. I look I look younger than I actually His am. His face is honestly. still 
No, the whole building's gone. It's got, I don't, I'm, I'm oh, did it change your faces? You know what? I'm being. But you're shop- I'll, I'll be honest. I live in a shit town, right? Called Bedford. <laughs> right, it's a town. I'll be honest. It's so similar to Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> like the shopping. You know when you walk through. Like, sorry, but you know when you live in a town, right? And then you go to a city and you see their shopping centre. And then you think to what your shopping centre is, and you think, "Fucking hell, we're." <laughs> it's kind of a bit like going to our ground, then going to Old Trafford. To be fair, do you know the Queen's Park area of Bedford, Daps? Oh, do you know the Queen's Park? Oh, my, my granddad bro. was born in that area, so I'll have nothing wow. bad said about Bedford. Oh, listen, I get my meat from Queen's Park, bro. Queen's Park <laughs> is Queen's Park is a spot for for meat. Yeah, no. So salute to you for knowing Bedford to mention Queen's Park. Yeah, I fully know it. Fully, fully know it. I've just realised what my well, it's like faces. Oh, it's still open. I know it isn't because my employers building there instead. We're taking over that area for for town. Do you know? Do you know the other thing I was disappointed about is I've heard a lot about your underpass. Ah, the subway. Those those the, days the have subway. gone now. Daps they've from gone. Um, well, oh, the, they've the, definitely those gone. Those have gone now. Yeah, those you go through that. Yeah, yeah. They have, unfortunately, gonna... you kind of go through the subway into a food court almost. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be. Court, but... I wouldn't implore you to start giving it large under the underpass. <laughs> but Bruno, those large. days have gone. Yeah, yeah. It, that's it. Yeah. Worst part of the show, guys. Like I always say, score prediction time. Stu, I'm going to come to you first. What's your gut feeling for tomorrow? I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense and it's me, but I'm going for a 2-1 win, you know? I it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not... I, I'll, there's nothing wrong with that, Stu. I like to see positive energy coming from you because it's rare that I see it both <laughs> physically and via WhatsApp. Richard, your prediction for tomorrow? It pays me to say it. 2-1 Wolves. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping the nervous energy that Dap is feeling right now is being like no, 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 no. transferred it's, it's, to City's side. You know what? I'm I'm in a real predicament right now because I'm getting pissed off with doing shows with everyone that's telling me City have won the league, and I'm like, we're not even top. So why are you saying that? It's mental that you're saying that because we've dropped points against Villa, we've dropped points against Newcastle, right? So we're still not looking complete yet, but people are creating this agenda already that and I think it's so that if we don't win the league by 47 points people can go Pep had a shit season but um, last season I was known for not doing predictions because when I did do predictions we fucked up and I also never wear my team's colours on the day because when I did we fucked up so I don't do it first second game of the season I predicted we beat Bournemouth 4-0 and I bought a top and wore it on the day and we won 4-0 so then the next weekend, and then I also called us something else. So then the weekend after that, I went and said, yeah, we're going to win the Champions League this season. Haaland's going to smack Salah's goal-scoring thing, and we're going to get over 100 points. We went and drew against Villa. So I am in this world now where I have no idea what to do because I, I believe in superstitions. Both of you have just said 2-1 Wolves. And in my head that is the type of game I could see because despite popular opinion and my accent, I grew up supporting Seat from three years old, going to uh, main road. 
I'm still of this old city way that we fuck up and we <laughs> I'm I'm very pessimistic going into every single game. Um so I can look at what you two have said with the two one and go, I get it fully, I do get it. That you, you could frustrate us even if we score one. You score the second with the way your ground is, that could carry you over the line. However, I have to carry my club on my back and have belief in the big robotic Viking monster. <laughs> and I'm going to say 3-1 City, Haaland 1, Alvarez 1, and Rodri 1. We've gone an error and 12 in tonight's I episode. And Kevin De Bruyne has barely been mentioned, which is sickening on the back of how unreal a footballer he is and how he performed at Monu last time. I think it's going to be a one-all. I think it's going to be similar to the performance when we first got back into the Premier League under Nuno with Willy Bolly's hand of God. I think... <laughs> oh, we all have them. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel and I'm confident Wolves have got enough to stifle Man City tomorrow, but... Man City are a special side at the moment with the strikers and obviously Kevin De Bruyne and every other player they've got in their 900-man squad, which we can't compete with. Uh, thanks whoa, for joining whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on, young man. Hold on, I'm the host here. I want you to go and look at that and next time we do a stream together, apologise. Uh, what's what's your high squad number, player? No, we're we talking numbers... Because this is an old school where people go from one to twenty. I'm, we, I'm, we have a squad I'm of, spreading a we... narrative on my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Foden forty-seven. Fuck it, there you go. <laughs> nah. Own it. Cole, with it. What's his name? <laughs> Cole Palmer. Yeah. What, what number what is, is he? Seventy or something. Is he? We can't. You know what? We, we, there, we can't measure Ken Campbell in, can we? Squad list up at the moment. I don't even know, but if that, if that's true, has he got a mad number? No, but joking aside, <laughs> if you go and look and take out our youngers, we have a squad of about 18 players, but yeah, it's the we're, quality. Yeah, we're, but we're We'll go with Foden. Now. We've got 47 players. We'll go with that for your narrative. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show tonight, Dabs. No, love, love. Pleasure. You've kept me a lot longer because I've enjoyed it. So. <laughs> yeah. Cole, Pal Cole Palmer. Just Cole Palmer, he's squad number 80. And that is 77. <laughs> oh, and and sorry, I've just we've been on for that long, and I haven't noticed your background. You're that much of a fan that your background is yellow, kind of mustard, in fact. It's yeah. an old gold Dulux color LCB nine eight nine, and even your chair is as well. You love wolves, mate. He's I don't like to call people nonces very often, just every half an hour, but Same he is a wolves nonce. Oh, okay, or Greenwood. Allegedly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight on the Wolves Love. Fancast match preview, a part of the 90 Min Network, and with our main sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Wolves versus Man City, 12.30 tomorrow, Molyneux Stadium or BT Sport. I'm signing off with the chant that I'll be starting around 12.30. He's just a shit. Have hard flow. <laughs> <Fuck it. laughs> Thanks for joining us. Good night. Steve Ball.